0: this Brian Dumoulin problem is real it's not scapegoating it's not someone's imagination it's supported by real information and by real eyeballs good morning to you Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out. Hurricanes 4, Penguins 3 in overtime because that's how these games go. Penguins are now 0-3 against Carolina. I, I Okay, 0-1-2. They've lost all three games. They haven't scored many goals, and in the one game that they did score enough goals to win, they ended up losing on a defensive lapse in not overtime. You thought I was going to say overtime. You thought I was going to talk about Evgeny Malkin chasing Jacob Slavin behind the Carolina net, but no. The mistake that was made was made in the third period when the Penguins had a 3-2 lead, and in the final five minutes with Jordan Stahl Rushing down the left side and Teddy Bluger pursuing him behind the Pittsburgh net. Stahl's moving at full speed. Brian Dumoulin was way late to leave the front of the net and to cut off Stahl's path to the front. And Stahl, with that ridiculous reach of his, didn't even need to go that far. He just had to put his stick out and tuck the puck in for an impressive from his perspective, wraparound goal, but something that's very, very preventable. Here's how this needs to go, if you're Dumoulin. Yeah, it's okay to be on the man in front, and there was a red sweater out there. But when you see Bluger chasing Stahl, and Stahl's going at full speed behind the net, there's only one thing Stahl can do to hurt you, and that's to come out in front, either with the full body or as he did with the puck on his blade. And you as a defenseman there, you don't have a decision to make. You don't have to wonder if he's coming out the other side because he just came from there and he's going full blast. And if he were to decide to slam on the brakes and get creative or set up like Gretzky or whatever, Bluger's going to knock him over. If he doesn't knock him over, Stahl's obviously a big dude. He's going to prevent him from doing any damage. So the only thing Stahl can do there is either to keep going or to attempt something in front of the Pittsburgh net. At which point, you as the defenseman who's on that post technically, meaning that's the one that you're now responsible for because the trajectory of the forward and the fact that he's being pursued to keep repeating that because it's really important, you have one thing to do. You have one thing to do. Neither that puck nor that body can make it out there. They don't have an exit route there. They can't have an exit route, much less what Stahl ended up having, which was the easiest tuck of his life. Yeah, the speed, the size, the reach and everything to repeat, was impressive but the tuck itself was laughably easy and the reason for that is that Dumoulin never moved off his guy well at least not until it was way too late isolated problem no and that's the real problem this portion of daily shot of penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. This game might have looked to be close. It might have felt close because of the Penguins getting leads in the game, and that always feels a little bit more comforting when that's the case. It wasn't at all. Get this, Carolina had 76 shot attempts. The Penguins had 47. Carolina had 19 high-danger chances created. The Penguins had 11. That's not a close game, not in terms of overall play. And when you start looking at it individually, if you're me and I look at these after every game, you're not surprised to find out that number eight for Pittsburgh was on the rink for 22 of those Carolina shot attempts and 10, more than half, of those high-danger chances. This is what Dumoulin's become. He's been on the ice for 104 high-danger chances against this season, by far the most of anyone on the roster. This is not who he'd been before. It's not even close to what he was when he won those back-to-back Stanley Cups and played a significant role in those both on and off the ice. And at the same time, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'd love to finish this whole concept by sounding all expert-like and giving you some Scotty Bowman-type wisdom on this or that or whatever, or that's something deficient in his skating or this, and I don't see it. I just don't. He's lost a part of a step, but that didn't happen this year. That happened... Probably about midway through last season, although it also showed itself at times a couple of years ago and flagrantly on occasion where he just couldn't keep up with someone who'd blown past him. Kind of what happened the other night when Mika out of the Rangers just blew right by him. I mean, it was turnstile city and he turned around, Dumoulin did, and just had no chance at recovering. But if this is physical, if this is entirely physical, that doesn't make sense. For one, if he had some sort of recurring injury or did some kind of damage to, let's say, a knee or uh, a body part that would affect you in a more lingering way than in some immediate and impactful way, uh, okay, but that's been denied by everybody And there are times when he looks like he actually can still skate at a pretty high level. Is it his age? I mean, you can't rule anything out, but he's 31. You know, he didn't turn 40. He didn't hit his mid-30s. There aren't many NHL players, uh, or if you want to get specific, defensemen, who top out at 29. And then the other component is that a lot of this is puck handling slash decision-making. Now, with the puck handling, he's never been all that good at it. This is not an offensive defenseman. He's the last guy you want to be setting up for a shot. Uh, He's not been all that gifted with breakouts. And this is going back to when he was good. But the decisions that are being made by this very smart player, are a lot of the times not smart. And on those rare occasions when Dumoulin's felt uh, comfortable enough discussing the struggles that he's had for a while now, he'll point to confidence. He'll say, I'm just either working on my confidence or getting my confidence back. Uh, to me, it looks like a crisis of confidence and That's not good. He's costing them points. I get what he's done. I get that he's getting paid $4 million. I get that he's got this year left on his contract. I get that he, you know, would be more tradable if he were playing better, but this is costing the team points. It is. When we come back, J1Q. says, DK, I'm far from a hockey strategist, but wouldn't you want your best player on the ice to start overtime when possession is so crucial and he's a better face-off option than Yevgeny Malkin? And this is where I was suggesting at the start of the last segment that most of the dialogue was going to go. And and again, it's natural. That's not me taking a shot at people or whatever. The last bad thing I saw is what most of us think about. And for what it's worth, Mike Sullivan agreed. He did not like the way overtime ended. It was Evgeny Malkin who chased Jacob Slavin behind the Pittsburgh net in the three-on-three overtime, even though Slavin had the puck. And Slavin's really, really mobile, and you never, ever do that. As you heard Sullivan say there, the moment you do that, the other team's got a three on two. It's simple math. You've taken one of your three and removed them from the equation. You turned him into a chaser on the play. It makes him basically useless, and that goes double when Rod Brindamore can afford the luxury of putting – Two defensemen and a forward on the rink, which he did, because two of his defensemen are Slavin and Brent Burns, who can score on you all day long. So, yeah, the puck comes up ice, and it just turns out to be a a gorgeous tic-tac-toe pass that Slavin pulls around Tristan Jari and slams into the open side of the net. Hurricanes win. I believe it was at 23 seconds of overtime not even remotely interesting why do you not have sid out there i would argue that it really doesn't matter all that much um yeah if sid's out there he wins the draw that's fair Uh, you get yourself whatever it is 30 45 seconds or so of useful possession meaning before everybody gets gassed and you end up doing something goofy and in all likelihood, you're not going to retain the possession anyway. At some point Gino's gonna come on, but it might not be where he has to take a draw, although Gino hasn't been bad at draws. I I have a hard time looking at that goal and saying, Man, the coaches blew it. Okay. That, for one reason, is the one I just laid out. And the other one is, and they'll all acknowledge this. There, and I mean, every head coach in the league will acknowledge that three on three does not lend itself to a whole lot of intensive strategy. It just doesn't. There are things that you don't want to do, and those do get delineated to the players, like don't chase the other guy behind the net. But from there, The setup, the gaining the zone, deciding when to come back out of the zone, you know, the Phil Kessel thing where you kind of just go for a skate and reset. That's entirely on the talent that's on the rink Uh, up to and including which defenseman can or can't go in deep. Because you've seen Chris go in way deep in those three on threes. And, you know, the Penguins used to be good at this sort of thing. They're not. They haven't been all season. And Sullivan is right to be and to sound a little ticked off about it publicly. That's okay. Uh, the moment he takes the foot off that particular gas pedal, that's when your team starts thinking things like, why do we need to get good at this? This doesn't happen in the playoffs. And then, you know, you don't get into the playoffs. You have to keep the mindset that you're accumulating points the whole way through. And if you are doing what you heard Sullivan say and leaving points on the table, that's a problem. But I'm going to do something that I don't usually do here. And I'm going to boomerang back to my first segment because for me, the problem isn't this. There have been way too many blown leads by this team in general. There have been way too many overtimes where there didn't need to be overtimes. And you know what? If you want to carry things back to last season, and I'm being fair to Dumoulin here, he didn't play in the playoffs at all, obviously, due to injury. The problem is a long recurring one. The Penguins need to become a better team at either protecting leads or or adding to leads. If Dumoulin were to get, I don't know, scratched, lowered on the depth chart, although there's not much lower that he can go, and you can find a way to bring Ty Smith up, that's the young, crazy mobile defenseman who was acquired in the John Marino trade from the Devils, 22 years old, really impressed in Training camp in the preseason, coaches legit loved him and didn't rule out that he could have stayed at the time. He was more of a cap casualty than anything else. He's an offense-first guy. He's always been that, but the modern NHL encourages that sort of thing. In 25 games for wilkes Smith has four goals, 10 assists. Three of his four goals are on the power play because he's the power play guy down there. And if you remember anything about him from training camp and or the preseason, you'll know why he's the power play guy. Does some really, really good things with the puck. Always finds a way to get it through. Adds something to your team. Adds a dimension that isn't all the way currently there. Adds a dimension, by the way that the hurricanes have in abundance something else to think about i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of penguins today all year long merry christmas to you be safe wherever it is that you're traveling to even if it's just across the street give your family and friends a great big hug enjoy every second of it can you tell i'm a christmas guy i really am let's do this again monday